0: Y'all, today's show is so good. But number one, I've never seen an intro like that. It is my hope and desire that not only will episode 30 still be fun, but episode 300 will be even more fun you are made for something great so go and be awesome 10 seconds
1: remaining
0: Show. My name is Renee Hastings, and I'm your host of Renee Speaks. And y'all, today's show really is going to be so good. And you know why? Because I have none other than Amanda Fergiuelle with me today. Y'all, Amanda is one of the most amazing women I have ever met in my entire life. She's a sole parent, she's a serial business owner. And entrepreneur, Amazon best selling award-winning co-author of the Pursuit of Badassery series. She's a podcaster, an educator, and expert in creative problem solving and time management. Her no-fluff attitude towards business and life has led her to start, buy, sell, and market businesses that uh, around the globe, y'all, she's fearless and she's an accomplished strategist with over 20 years of experience. Amanda leads with a relentless determination for success and guides others to do exactly the same. I cannot express to y'all how excited I am to have Amanda on our show Y'all put your hands together for Amanda Ferdinand. <laughs>
1: you are so cute. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. You were on our podcast. Now I'm on yours. It's full Circle. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited, Amanda. You and, and Lynn. Uh, so Lynn is the, the second part of... Um, the Pursuit of Bad Assery team, and when I tell y'all that you truly, honestly have to get this book, not only is it relatable for every single, <laughs> yes, and you know what, I had mine here somewhere too, and um, it's disappeared. I will find it before the show is over, um, but it was like right here, like a second ago. Um, <laughs> uh, so good. I think I've read it maybe twice, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Just I love how you have the chapters. Then at the end of each chapter, the recap. Like, what did you take away from this? How are you going to put this into practice? Like today, (laughs) you know what I mean. So good, so helpful. And yes, we'll definitely be putting up the the links to purchase those books because I read the one, um, the blue one, the Pursuit of Badassery, like the the big made the first one, and then you also did a second one that is the Pursuit of Badassery in Sales. Yes. And I got that one on audiobook, and it was so good. Each of you are, have your own chapters, you and Lynn, where you're talking about you know, the different things that you guys are experts in, and so good, so 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 good. So thank you. We enjoyed writing it. Our third one's coming out
1: later this year, and we actually had to pull back because we had so many ideas for books. We're like, whoa, whoa, we can't rep- we can't publish like 15 books in a year. Like calm down. Well, you know, we actually were ready to, however, I feel like most people don't read that quickly and or digest that quickly. And we didn't want it to dilute the empire that we're building. So we did have to scale back a little bit only so that we could come out dominating.
0: There you (laughs) go. I love it. Strategizing the rollout.
1: (laughs) For sure. Strategy all the way. I could talk strategy all the way.
0: I love it, love it so much. So Amanda, tell us about you. Tell us about your journey and walk us through how you got to this place in life with this mindset, this dominating mindset. I absolutely love it. I want to embody every single essence of it. <laughs> how do I do that?
1: <laughs> well, I definitely feel like I'm one of those people who like in hindsight, this wasn't how I always believe but in hindsight, I definitely have the entrepreneurial spirit from the very, very get-go. So, you know, schlepping, side hustling, six years old, upselling everybody. like, Oh, you want this lemonade? But I can sell you this candy that I <laughs> stole from my own pantry and I didn't pay for it. And second it fell off the truck. It's like old mafia style. Like, oh, this fell off the truck. I'll charge you for it. That's how I ran my little businesses when I was a kid. That's and- awesome. I always kind of wanted, I mean, I got a job as soon as that before I was legally allowed to, and I always had more than one job. And then I was like, well, how can I advance in this? I'm like 12 years old working behind, you know, under the counter at a museum. I'm like, well, how can I do more in this business? I want to work at the gift shop and I'm going to do tours in the museum. I'm like 12 doing a <laughs> tour about dinosaurs. Like, well, I had absolutely zero qualifications, but I thought that I was ready. And then flash forward into college. I, I, had to pay for a lot of my college. So my college was about $42,000 a year. And I came out of it without student loans because I hustled. I was getting free <laughs> applications. I was filing for scholarships. I was working multiple jobs. And I started a business there as a what we call like a media manager at the time. But basically, I just booked bands in the college circuit oh, to come wow. to my university. So I it was super selfish. Like I just wanted cooler places, cooler people to come to our school so i just became this media manager and i basically took commission booking these college bands and i was like 18 filing my first llc Wow! and i know so weird and i just kind of like gave it to somebody after like here you go i should probably look up and make sure that's like, how many legal ramifications there <laughs> uh then uh then i moved moved across an ocean so i thought like oh i'm going to i'm going to work abroad i'm going to like be a translator and I'm going to go live this international life, like never live anywhere longer than six months. And then I ended up moving to Hawaii because I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna just gonna like have a little vacation before I get into the real world. And like 16 years later, I was still there <laughs> and starting businesses. I mean, cause it's very, for those of you who have visited Hawaii, it's very expensive to visit there. It's really <laughs> expensive to live there. And so as this young entrepreneur, it was like, well, I either have to be a slave and work for somebody else, or mm-hmm. I need to get my act together and start bringing the bucks on my own. So I, I was a television producer for a while, loved that job.
0: Oh, and wow. then
1: I off and became an entrepreneur and a business owner. I bought a business and built it up. And then I started a couple of other businesses. And it just piled on and on and on from there. And now I still own multiple businesses. Some still in Hawaii. I mm-hmm. own businesses in, um, in multiple states and I have partners in multiple countries. And it's wow. just escalated from there. And it's only going up now. Like Now I'm so ready to be extra international and be moving around. A lot of my clients are global now. So it's just been this whirlwind of taking over the world.
0: I love it. I love it. Was it, was it pinky in the brain? Are you, are you old enough to pinky? Oh, yes. Ones?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> same thing we do every night pinky try to take over the world right. yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: in fact when my son he'll be like what are we gonna do today mom like the same thing we do every day i mean i say that all the time to him so it's funny that you mentioned that because that is a motto in our house oh
0: we're taking over the world oh yeah For sure, I love it. That is so funny. And and so the mindset and attitude that is needed, if you're going to be a success in this business and you're not going to be run over by people who are trying to either copy you or try to take over your business or whatever, you cannot be a pushover. This talk is about no fluff, being a no fluff business owner. Mm -hmm. You got to be about your business. And you got to be
1: Literally about your business. Everybody else's business is none of your business. It has nothing to do with you. There's no competition. I mean, there's two ways I look at competition. I I believe in healthy competition, yay sports, blah, blah, However, when it comes to business, I don't believe in competition. They're either a collaborator or I'm just better. So (laughs) I I mean, I hate to say it like that, but like, they're not my competition. I'm either so far ahead of them and not to like say that everything, throw shade at anybody else or say that I'm so much better than everybody else. But we're all at different stages in our business so i'm either too far ahead to be true competition and at that point i'm just trying to bring you up there we all go up together so i don't want to be seen as this competition because we're either collaborating and working together and building each other up or Mm -hmm. i'm just at a higher level than you right now and i'm going to try to pull you up with me like there's no like when I'm right. competing against you, like that, I don't believe in competition in that way because I don't think it's productive. I think there's room for all of us to grow. And yeah. I think that this mindset that I have to compete against somebody else just hinders your ability to focus on your own stuff and to grow your own business the way you want to grow it because you're too busy and concerned with somebody else's pricing or somebody else's branding. And it just it's not conducive to growing your own brand and to excelling it the way you want to excel.
0: That's right. Absolutely. So, Mind your own business. That is the key. If mind you mind your, own. your own business. You don't. It's like I don't know if you've ever played spades, <laughs> Yeah, but you have some people who try to cheat and look in other people's hands while they're at the table, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and the, the first thing they say, I can't play your hand and mine, <laughs> right? Yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. You know, your own hand and working with what
1: you have. <laughs> absolutely. And even if you're dealt a crappy hand. That's what bluffing is for. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) You are not your circumstances. You are not your circumstances. So it's really important that you just remember whatever hand you were dealt, that's what you're working with today. So it's time to make the best of it and move forward and really strive with what you're doing rather than focusing on, oh, I don't don't have as much as so and so over here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. At times, like that's not going to get you anywhere. It may be true. Like, oh, I don't have $40 billion. Like, yeah, that's true. Right. but i have enough for what i have now and that's that statement is true now as much as it was when i like had to almost file bankruptcy years ago like the, mm. i had enough for what i had then even though it wasn't as much as i have now and in 10 years i might have 10 billion dollars or i might be broke again like it's entrepreneur life you're going to i'm going to make it work with wherever i am and that's kind of an entrepreneurial thing like that risk taking and Make, yeah. Making do with what you have and knowing you're not your circumstances ever.
0: Absolutely. You are not your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I love that. What do you have right now? What do you have right now in your position? Work with it. Be creative. Be innovative. Figure out mm-hmm. how to parlay that thing into whatever you need it to be yeah. so that you can have or what you want or go where you want to go or be what you want to be or do what you want to do you don't, you are not your circumstances. Get creative, get innovative. And speaking of that, Amanda, how do you creatively approach problem solving, especially when there's these challenges? So say you do want to get somewhere and you don't have money. What do you do? Yeah, there's there's plenty of times I've had zero cash to, to work with. And yet I
1: still wanted to start a business and I still wanted to grow. So the number one thing is you've got to, take risks you got to challenge yourself if you are always worried about then what's going to happen five years down the road i mean i know we want to have goals and and goal setting plan like our five-year plan but if you're always worried about the worst case scenario Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're never going to really get anywhere and i am self-proclaimed pessimist i always think about the worst case scenario (laughs) however it's not from a oh no oh woe is me perspective it is from a this is a possible challenge i might have to face so what can I do now preemptively, proactively to prevent that in whatever endeavor I'm facing? So from a creative strategy standpoint, I'm always thinking as far outside of the box as I can. Like if I don't have any money, okay, where can I get money? Is it asking for investors like a, an angel investor scenario? Is it you know, getting some of those larger investors? Is it a grant? Is it a personal loan? Is it a business loan? Is it a line of credit? Is it credit card debt, which I know we don't want to be like, yay, credit card debt. But let me tell you, I've started some amazing businesses with credit card debt, and you Mm paid off eventually. And I think it's also really important to understand that when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, you have to think of money differently. You can't think of money as something that you're paying bills with. You have to think of money as a tool to make more money. So it's, it's not just like, oh, Crap, I have to pay this credit card bill. I have this amount of interest here. Like, yes, you have to think about those things from a bottom line standpoint. However, right. if you're if your challenge is that I don't have the money to start a business, don't be afraid to try something that seems negative, like, oh, I, I'm gonna build some credit card debt, I'm gonna have a loan and I'm gonna have to pay it off. If you're smart about it, that is a risk worth taking because yeah. of the outcome. But you have to put in the action. You can't just take somebody's money and then hope that it comes out well without doing any of the action, doing any of the work. But if you're looking for creative strategies, it always comes from action. If I have no ideas, then start something because an action will come from that. And and I have like the things that really spur me on. Like if I have no ideas, I go on a hike. I go outside. I get out of my headspace. I get
0: mm-hmm. out of
1: that work environment because when you're so focused on your work, you don't see everything else that you can see. And it really can hinder your ability to be creative. And a lot of that comes from the stress that you have like, oh my gosh, I have to make X amount of dollars or I lose my house or like, oh my gosh, the rent's coming up and I don't have rent this month. Or like, oh, I have this $10,000 medical bill. If you sit in all the problems, your creativity is stifled. So you have to sit in solution. You have to think, okay, I have this problem here. The problem exists, but the, the goal should be getting out of the problem. So sit in the solution side, think always about the solution and then creative problem solving will come from there. But if you're sitting in the problem, all you're going to see is the problem. All you're going to see is the negative. You've got That's to right. think solution, 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 be solution oriented because yeah. everything seems less crazy and intense. And you know, I was just on a conference or a, a client call yesterday and she was texting me ahead of time before the call, like, oh, this thing went wrong and this thing went wrong, and this thing I'm wrong. I'm like, well, what went right today? And yeah. what does that have to do with the solutions that you're making? Like, yeah, that's a minor setback, but what's the solution? What's the ultimate goal you're trying to achieve? Because sitting in that woe is me, pity victim mentality, isn't going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get no. the results that you want. And it's certainly not going to make you feel better. You're just going to be sitting Sad sad bill. It's, right. so yeah. it's so fun to be there. And if, if you've no. ever lived there, it's just never it's never yeah, fun to be in that fun. place. It isn't. That's right. Yeah. And I've definitely been in dark times. I like I said, I'm not I'm not an optimist. I I I'm pessimist, a realist <laughs> at best. Yeah. I'm a realist at best. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: however, right. it's not it's not about your personality traits and how you tend to strive. It's thinking more like your mindset and your growth mentality and your solution oriented focus, because you can think about all the negatives and know the negatives exist and imagine the negatives that might happen 20 years from now, but I don't sit in that.
0: Right, and that is so important. And I love what you said, going back to money, that money, you might have to, you know, one of your creative ways is to um, take out some credit card debt or whatever that might look like. But I love how you said, change how you view money. Your money isn't just to pay your bills. Your money is to be used to make more money. And so when you have that mindset or change your relationship with money or your ideas about money or what you believed as a child about money or how you were raised with thinking that money is for, Mm -hmm. all of that has to change. If you're going to be a successful entrepreneur With multiple businesses, multiple streams of income, multiple, you know, employees or contractors or whatever it is that you have, you have to change how you view money and what the purpose of it is for and what success actually looks like. Maybe success isn't a million dollars in the bank. Maybe success is changing somebody's life because you provided them an opportunity to have a job working with you. (laughs) Success is so... I think there's just been this
1: bastardization of what success is. We all think it's this Instagram filter of what success should be. Like I'm gonna be vacationing in Bali every weekend, and then I'm gonna go jet set here and here. And that might not be your goal. I think we we get so used to this checkbox of accomplishments that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to buy a house, we're supposed to have a white picket fence and get married with 2.5 kids and a dog who's perfectly trained, and our couch (laughs) is white. Okay, if you have a white couch. And you, and you have children. I don't
0: believe right. the two, Like you're a
1: robot. You're AI. No, no, they don't okay. go together. <laughs> so the idea is that if you really, you have to cultivate what success means to you. You have to cultivate what your what your checklist is because. Otherwise, you're going to realize that you are setting all these goals and these benchmarkers that are somebody else's goals, somebody else's benchmarkers. That's and then correct. you're going you're to check off all these boxes like, okay, I got the car and I got the house and I got, you know, a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have all those things and be unfulfilled because right. they, weren't, they weren't what success meant to you. Everybody's That's definition right. of success is so different, so varied. Mm-hmm. Really take the time to do a self-evaluation what is important to you? What really does mean success to you? Because if you are striving for something that doesn't fulfill you, at the end of the day, you might get it.
0: But then what? Right. Then, then what? Yeah. Then what? I mean, it, that's definitely, like you said, there's still a hole. There's going to be a hole <laughs> because you're doing all the the right things for the wrong reasons. By the and, way, I and- noticed
1: you have a white chair back there
0: i do two of them i'm
1: watching you renee i'm not sure
0: you ai i don't know i have grown-ups and grandkids so there you go i don't have to worry about these white chairs too much and this is my office nobody's allowed
1: what a nice thought an office where a child doesn't go
0: So funny. Well, I love that Danica says that she loves that mindset. So thank you for for sharing that. And someone named Computer Science with Dr. RCB says that she wishes she was that bold. You know, trust and believe this doesn't happen overnight, but start. This can happen if you just start. It's just changing how you think about things and how you see things and what you're striving for and what you're willing to do to make it happen.
1: Yes. Right? And you can be bold. It doesn't mean you have to be bold 24/7 365. I I am an introvert. People never believe that about me, but I would I'm like I know Renee, I know. <laughs> I get all of my energy from like sitting in a dark room by myself with a book. I I, I much more prefer that. So when I always come off as like I'm bold, I'm exciting, I'm like, whoa, let's do the things. That is also something I have to strive to be. It's not a natural thing that it's a, it's a learned behavior. I have to learn To be bold. And it started one thing at a time. Like, yes, I always have that tenacious need to do more. However, that boldness that was commented there, like that's something you can cultivate. And it's one little tiny thing at a time, just that you get bold and excited about this one thing. And that can propel you forward. It doesn't have to be bold and exciting all the time. Uh, right. That's exhausting. Right. That sounds
0: exhausting. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. And and just, and that's the most important thing though, is just to start stretching yourself, getting outside of your comfort zone and dealing with some things you normally wouldn't have dealt with facing it head on, not being afraid. Well, even if you are afraid, just do it, get it anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, so important to not be deterred, if it's something that you really love and feel passionate about, you don't want that moment to slip or that opportunity to slip because you've got one life to live. <laughs> as My friend Dan Jordan would say, you've got one life to live for crying out loud. <laughs> you might as well do what you love and do, do it well. Absolutely. Even if you believe in reincarnation, you have one life right
1: now. Just one. So focus on it and make the most out of it because- that's all you go. And there's no guarantee of tomorrow. So you might as well live as much as you can in this exact
0: moment because who knows? That's right. That's right. And so speaking of that, so as you're building a business, as, as entrepreneurs, time is a commodity. Time is fleeting. Time is limited. We get one second to have a second. <laughs> What are your strategies for managing the time that we are given in order to handle all of the priorities that you have effectively, especially with multiple businesses? You are a a serial entrepreneur. You have multiple businesses. How do you manage it all in the time that you have? So I know a lot of people are going to hate that I say this, and I'm just going to say it. I don't care.
1: We all have the same 24 hours, and I know 24 hours looks different for every person, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I am a solo parent. It's just me. I have a special needs child. He is homeschooled. I have multiple businesses that I am CEO, CFO, CEO, depending on the business. I'm actively involved in almost all of my companies and I still make it work. And I don't work 24 seven because during the daylight hours when my, my kid is awake, I am with him. I'm mostly present. I would say there's about two hours a day of daylight work that I do and everything else I do at night or I delegate or move it around and and just hyper focus. So mm-hmm. we all have the same 24 hours. I'm not saying you have to be psycho like me when it comes to uh, the amount of things I have on my plate. However, if you are really committed to reaching whatever goal you have, if you are really committed to your business and growing your business, there is time, you do have time. And if you're saying you're too busy to do something, it usually means it's not a priority for you or you're using it as the scapegoat for like why things aren't getting done or just make yourself seem more important than you are. Like, Oh, I'm so busy right now. I have blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to throw shade at you. However, if you're saying you're too busy, it's probably that you're not prioritizing right. So the number one thing I say is when you are spread thin, when you have a lot of things that you have to accomplish, you need to prioritize them or you are going to drown in the to-do lists. We all have a to-do list and just, Hint here, you're never going to not have a to-do list. The only time your to-do list goes away is when you're dead. <laughs> and I, I say that with 100% sincerity because the things will change in your to-do list. So maybe my to-do list is to go to Bali. Maybe my to-do list is to go to, to, go to Thailand this month. And that's not my to-do list. Then I'm going to go to Hawaii. Those are my to-do lists. And those are positive things. You could have good things on your to-do list. It's not always this horrible task that you have to do. So prioritization mm-hmm. is the number one. Every right. night. Every night, I make a list of the top three priorities I have to do for the next day because three is manageable. No one can say you can't get three things done over the course of an entire, well, let's just say 12 hours. So if you're not staying up all night, so 24 hours might be excessive. But in a 12-hour period, you can get three things done. So I always make my top three priorities, whatever that might be. Maybe that is a personal priority. Like I have to take my kid to the doctor or it's a business priority. I have to, to make that presentation or speak on a podcast today. Like those, those are priorities that you set that are absolutely non negotiables, have to get done. Anything additional to that is bonus. Like, woo, look at me. I'm amazing today. A rock star. I got 17 things done. But as long as I get those three things done, I know I've met my priorities. And that's what those three things are going to push my business forward in whatever way I need. So that's number one. I Two, hyper focusing. I, I know we love, we love our cell phones, uh, but they are a major distraction time suck. I, mm.
0: that
1: doom scroll, the end of the night, we're like, oh, I'm just going to check real quick on the feed. No, three hours later, you're still looking at reels. Like get off your phone and <laughs> hyper focus. So Whenever <laughs> someone says they're too busy, I'm like, let me see your screen, your screen time for this week. You're too busy. Well, how come you spent 27 hours on TikTok? So I know again, harsh reality. I know it sucks. <laughs> but it's the truth. So you have more time than you think you have. You just aren't prioritizing that time. So I hyper-focus. If right. I have to get this done, I'm going to hyper-focus on that one task until it is complete or complete mm-hmm. enough that I can move around to something else or that I can delegate
0: it to somebody else. Got it. So, so hyper-focusing. So uh, let me make sure I understand when you are hyper-focused, you are, like tunnel vision. Like this. like this. Hold on, get my hair out of the way. You like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't see anything to the left or to the right. The ringers and notifications are turned off on your phone. You don't even hear anything yeah. that is going on because you've got this particular thing, these three things to do in this time that you have. So there's no distractions. There's it's So funny. You know how when you're when it's time to go to, to bed and the and the kids are like, oh, but I have to use the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Do that before you start hyperfocusing. <laughs> Take care of all your business yes. before you start hyper focusing. And hyperfocusing doesn't have to be like,
1: I'm going to hyperfocus for the next six hours. In fact, I almost never have large chunks of time to hyperfocus. I actually focus on like 15 minutes. For 15 minutes, I'm going to answer every email that I can. To get my email list down i I, because you know (laughs) we have very low very short attention spans these days so asking somebody to hyper focus for 45 minutes is almost impossible i have a small child who asks for milk i think he can chug milk faster than i chug beer in college like it's ridiculous (laughs) how fast he can eat or drink and need another plate of something so i give myself like okay i'm not hyper focused on this menial task for 15 minutes i'm going to you know, my first book was written in hyper focusing minutes, like 20, 20 minute segments. I had 20 minutes to write something. So I'm going to hyper focus for 20 minutes to write oh, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. I didn't really have these long, luxurious, like mountain vacations to okay. hyper focus for three weeks. No, it was minute amounts of time. And I think that's very, very doable for every single person you can carve out. Five, 10, 15 minutes of your day to hyper focus on a task that's going to get you forward. So maybe it's yeah. um, one of the things I'm hyper focusing on right now is rebuilding some sales funnels and it's tedious. And, you know, I have to get it to a point where I can give it to somebody else. At some point, I, I, I'm giving it away. Trust me. But right <laughs> now, I have to have my hands in it. So I have to hi- hyper focus on it because it's a large task, but I can't hyper focus on it for hours because my eyes will bleed. So I have to just. <laughs> Break it up into digestible chunks for myself. So hyper-focusing doesn't have to be hours and hours. It can be tiny minutes, set a timer, focus for that time, get that task done and move on. And if you can get a
0: task done in less than five minutes, do it right away. Don't put it on your to-do list. Well, oh, that's a good idea. See, now with the hyper-focusing part, you should have led with the 15-minute part. Because yeah. <laughs> so, that is, that I can definitely see as doable. I mean, anybody can do anything for 15 minutes. Well... Yeah. I don't know. That's a really major generalization. <laughs> but, but you can do anything for 60 I, seconds. <laughs> All right, 60 seconds. But it's, it's when you break it down like that. Uh, and by the way, uh, Ben Diesel says hello. Um, he, uh, it, it's when you break it down into bite sized chunks. Like if you've got a big thing and you break it down into bite sized chunks, it's, and you see yourself, you can envision yourself getting to the end of this 15 minutes with this thing accomplished that gives such a feeling of accomplishment even before you get started absolutely and, and you, you know already that have that mindset of like oh
1: i can get this off my to-do list right now like, boom i'm going to set this and we're going to be done in 15 minutes and then i can move on and tick, check this off the list and put something else on there Let's right
0: exactly because there's always something there's always something and there's <laughs> always going to be something to be but actually, done actually you
1: know what if I'm dead, I probably have a to-do list of who I'm going to haunt today. So like, ooh, <laughs> I'm going to haunt this person today. Like there's no, there's the material. to-do list will continue.
0: Obviously. <laughs> so funny. And So Amanda, what are the core principles? Like, so, as we are talking about your entrepreneurial spirit and drive and, and we talked, maybe touched on it a little bit, but what would you say is the core principles that guide you? like I know you said that on a daily basis at night before the next day even starts, you write down your top three lists of things to do the next day. That is one, I call it a, a success factor, like one, one uh, tip or trick to to get your next day started well and started right, already accomplishing things because you started it the day before. So Elaborate on that a little bit more in terms of the, the core principles that drive you um, and help you as an entrepreneur. Oh,
1: yeah. So time management is my number one thing that I have to just really keep an eye on. I, I do have a lot of things, a lot of balls in the air that I'm juggling, and I have to make sure that I'm managing it. So prioritization, uh, time blocking, batching my batching any work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. hyper-focusing whenever I can. And one of the things that's like a tenant of what I just believe in my life is education. I believe that we never stop learning and there's always something to learn. And if you consider yourself an expert, I'm not saying that you can't be an expert in something. It's just, there should always be growth from there. There should never just be this stagnant. Like I have learned everything there is to learn about astrophysics and I'm done now. I am an expert in this field. No, because I mean, if technology gets taught us nothing, it is that you are no longer an expert. 10 minutes from, from now, you are no longer an expert in that technology. So I just believe you should always be growing, always be trying to strive to make yourself better. And it's not that you're not already great, but there's always room for improvement. There's always something that can lead to expansive growth mm-hmm. if we try. And so part of the what I do with my... Time blocking. One of it's almost always a priority. It's kind of like my fourth priority of the day. Is I always have reading set aside, and it doesn't have to be traditional reading. If you're not into books, though, so if you're not into books, try again.
0: Uh, <laughs> we strongly encourage books. <laughs>
1: try again with these. Two. That's right. However, <laughs> there's audiobooks. There's you know there's all sorts of ways you can have read aloud books. I used to read aloud books to charity stuff all the time. So there's 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 always an opportunity to learn courses there's like a million courses just go on youtube uh, youtube university and learn something today because and i always pull that in it's like my fourth priority is i i read ironic randomly enough seven pages of a non-fiction and seven pages of a fiction book every day and i know oh, wow. that sounds weird however <laughs> seven is doable it's not quite as like one page is not it's not enough but seven mm-hmm. is like it's a doable number i don't know why i picked that number i've been doing seven pages for like 15 years. I don't know why that is, Wow. but if I read more, it's great, but I don't, I read less than that. And again, it's Mm -hmm. the idea that you're educating, you're striving to be better. You're learning. And even if it's just learning about yourself, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to learn about underwater basket weaving today. And I'm going to learn a new skill. Like it can be like, I'm going to learn why I am a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and how I can be a recovering perfectionist instead of perfectionist. I'm going to learn why I steamroll people, Instead of, you know, build strong relationships, I'm going to learn why I, like learning your inter, like the intricacies of who you are will Mm -hmm. really help you be a better leader, understand your team better, understand team dynamics, help you to delegate better when you're like learning about somebody else's behavioral style and how they want to learn and how they want to be taught. It can be a game changer in how you set up your systems, how you set up your team for success and not just for failure, which I think a lot of times when I go in and I analyze systems in a business and why things aren't working or the breakdown is, it's because people aren't really talking to each other the way they want to talk. They're all following this kind of golden rule of treat people how you want to be treated, but we need to be following the platinum rule, treat people how they want to be treated. They want to learn different ways. We've got to teach people how to grow the way they want to grow rather than like my old way of just shoving it down their throat. You will do it the way I want. Or else. <laughs> I and mean, that was me. Like that was me like steamrolling everybody. And then by teaching and learning and mentorships, I learned that there are better ways to do things. And yeah. that comes from continually educating yourself.
0: I love that. i love I love it. and I- and you and I have been in similar situations where my personality used to be, um, back in the day, you know, very much, you know, you'll do it my way, my way or the highway, the highway, or the highway. I need what I need when I need it. And I need you to get it to me right now. I don't care what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. Very domineering, very hardcore. You want it very, done right. You do it yourself. Right. I mean, just really not the best way to make friends and influence people <laughs> in the words oh gosh. of Dale Carnegie. <laughs> you mean this? that one this old old edition with the yellow pages and everything. yellow
1: oh yeah i've never read that book before
0: yeah, right oh my goodness so i actually found that one on uh got it on an audiobook so i have the mm-hmm. the, the big thick book and then i have it on the audiobook but learned so much from that in terms of relationships and the importance of building relationships and how to do it when it doesn't come naturally for you to to be the 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 kind of person that people need you to be to them then you know get educated like you said do whatever you have to do so that people will want to do things with you and for you that is
1: for you and and they'll be inspired by you in a way that helps you grow together like you're inspiring the vision so that they are all on board rather than just waiting for a paycheck and it's funny like I first read this book when I was a freshman in high school, because I I had a few a little bit of anger issues back then. Uh and the whole time reading it, I was like, this will never work. Mm.
0: I'm an angsty teenager.
1: And you know, I still I still read. It. I think I've read it a thousand times. I don't know. I've read it many, many times. This is not my only copy. I can look at the old, I was just really looking at the old highlighted underlined sections of like <laughs> young amanda oh, oh i love oh, it every man i meet is my superior in some way in fact i learned from him i still use that oh. we were talking about that earlier in just this interview about how the competition they're either they're either collaborating with me helping me grow or they're or they're no competition at all so
0: See, education I love education and dale carnegie not underestimate the wisdom of Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. And Ben also says that he agrees that when you take uh, that apart about time management, that before he even goes to sleep at night, that he plans the things to do for the next day. So that's just a productivity hack. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: It will save you much time. And there's, you know, there's this like analysis paralysis or like this over questioning everything and when you're an entrepreneur you have to make so many decisions every day I mean, my i just started twitching thinking about it like there's so many decisions so getting rid of these micro decisions like oh what am i going to do first i already decided last night so I, I have gotten rid of the micro decisions i know what i'm i know what my coffee is going to be i know the first task i'm going to do i have my routine in the next day so i'm getting rid of the micro decisions so i don't have decision burnout by the end of every single day it's like a right. little
0: thing Exactly. And even, it's so funny, because some people, like me, <laughs> have to work on discipline and and routines. And I have a very free spirit. Like, I am where I am until I leave. And then if you ask me where I'm going, I might be able to tell you. And if I'll tell you when I get there, because I don't know. And if I head that way, and something catches my eye, then I'm going that way. <laughs> Because that's just the, the the free spirit that I am, because just like, whatever. Because I think one of my guests called it shiny object syndrome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shiny ball. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah, squirrel. All of that. All of that. And so it sounds like what you're saying, though, is that in order to be the most successful, you need to have some structure and discipline in your life in order to execute well, especially when you have so many different businesses to manage. Yeah, if, Whether that's a house or a job or a business or two or three businesses.
1: Yeah. Structure and systems create freedom. And I think people assume that when you create a structure and you live by this structured life, that your life is become, you know, this cookie cutter oh. box, like the same every single day. This is what I do. This is the time I do it. And there's, you know, like, like a toddler has a schedule, like, oh, we can't, we can't break from the schedule. Like, but no, if you know the schedule and you adhere to certain things because it's going to set your rest of your day up for success. And I'll give an example of that right now. So I'm about to take basically like two months of travel that I'm going to be doing with my kid. And in order to set myself up for success and that there are certain things I have to get done in X amount of time in order to set myself up for the freedom to do whatever the heck I want for the next two months. So yeah, I have to set up systems and structures that are going to run for me and do work for me Mm-hmm. And that requires some discipline that requires, but again, there's an end game here. It's not just I'm setting up a system so that I can be a slave to my schedule and a slave to my calendar. And it's no, it's setting up a system so I can give myself freedom because in my world, that success is having the freedom mm-hmm. to do things like money. Yeah. Again, money's great, but it's not the money that I like. It's the freedom to do whatever heck I want that I like. Like that's right. That's the flex. I mean, it's not about Oh, look, look at the zeros and the commas. Like, yay. I mean, I'm not saying those are bad things. Like, trust me. Those are good things too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we want commas and zeros. We want <laughs> commas and zeros.
1: Those are great things. However, it's what you do with that. Again, money is a tool. It is not just a thing that you have to pay bills. It is a tool to do other things. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, same concept there. You need those systems and structures to create freedom for
0: yourself. Yes. and And that's a great way to look at it. Setting up systems and structures create freedom for yourself and and when you look at it that way it's not drudgery it's like you you are planning your own um, success like, like you you're making your own plan to be successful you're not leaving it to chance you're not hoping that it happens you're not wishing and dreaming in you know in the head in the clouds you're actually being intentional about what you want to see in your life and making it happen being a doer of the thing instead of just a a hearer only (laughs) yeah and that's such a i think that's
1: lost a lot right now and i i know it's to some extent social media to some extent it's the generational thing i mean we're not going to talk like mince words about each generation and their ups and downs the pros and cons however because of just the way we run our lives right now, and how focused we are on the the social side of things and the the technology side of things. we've we've kind of started to believe this dialogue that if I wish it, if I, if I dream it, it will come. like the old field of dreams thing. if I want to be successful, all I have to do is just post a couple of videos and I'll be successful. Just passive income, mm-hmm. like this these these words, these buzzwords we hear all the time about making money. there has to be work. And if you are a one hit wonder and you start something and the next day, you're a millionaire. Awesome. But if you want to stay a millionaire, you need systems to repeat it. If you want scalable, repeatable results, you need systems, you need balance, you need to create structure for yourself and you have to be proactive about it. And I know that is not sexy. Like, Oh, it's not (laughs) instantly getting something moving on. But like if you want instant success, like good luck, win win the lottery. That's about the only chance you're going to have. And your chances of winning the lottery are about as good as your chances of things just falling in your lap and magically happening. And if that happens for you, awesome. I'm stoked for you. But you still need systems. Right. And
0: not only do you need systems, I couldn't. So I agree with you 100%. But then you also still need that education. Because who gets a million dollars and knows what to do with it?
1: Most, Most lottery winners go bankrupt. They don't right. know how to do with they don't know how to do with money. Like, what do you do with my money? Where do I put it? How do I invest it? How do I save taxes? Like they have no concept of how to spend money. And so most people who win the lottery actually go bankrupt because they right. don't know how to manage money. They don't know how to see money as anything except to buy other things rather than to
0: make money. yeah and and invest it and use it to get more money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Money. And so even, I think I heard that like there's some, like football teams even, that when players get signed and they get all these, you know, uh, checks for these large amounts of money that they've never had before. They have actual advisors, people who come alongside them and say, no, this is not for a hundred thousand pair of shoes. Yeah. This is a go for <laughs> <laughs> or a gold toilet, or a gold Ferrari, or whatever. No, this is not for that. This is for, you know, and then they help guide them on, on wise ways of thinking about money and using money. Yeah. And, and yeah. Th- that's it's,
1: definitely the case. A lot of professional sports players, like, once, once they've left their career, they're used to spending, and then they forget that you actually have to back that up with a plan. Otherwise, right. you're going to lose it all. Or budget. How about that? I know. I know oh. we hate budgets, but and honestly, <laughs> when you think of budgets, if your budget is, I'm going to have one less Starbucks, you don't have a budget problem. You have an earning problem. You need to make more money because if, if I'm not, I know it sounds so first world problem. Like, Oh, you just make more money. <laughs> However, like if that's where you are in the world, you are like, I, I need to just cut out my Starbucks. So I'll have all this money. Like don't cut out your joy. <laughs> Make more money and use your money better, and then just have more joy. Right, exactly. easier said than done.
0: Well, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> I love that, Amanda. So I I love all this advice that you're giving us. So relatable, so doable. Like if we take these words of wisdom that you are sharing with us, we can totally do this. We can totally be successful business owners. Totally do whatever it is we set our minds to. So. As you are giving this different advice, what do you have for dealing with failures and setbacks? How do you recover? So
1: as with everything, there will be failures. If you are anywhere in the entrepreneurial space, you're going to have some major, major failures. First thing, forgive yourself, everybody has them. And in fact, you should work on being okay with the failures faster because failures are your best teachers. You will never learn as fast as you will when you failed. I mean, and I failed, like calling the bankruptcy lawyers like, oh, this is bad. And then the next month made six figures on one deal. So you can come out of it, but action is the key. If you sit in that, you're never going to come out of it because it's so easy to sit. Failure is your best teacher. Embrace failure. It will teach you so much. And the trick is to fail forward. What is happening forward? How can I not repeat that again? How can I use where I am now? And we talk about this in, I know the first book we talk about it. Mm -hmm. How can I take this failure and education I've just gained in a horrible, Mm -hmm. sad way, but I've gained it. (laughs) How can I use that to rise above and to get even further and to push myself further? And I think a lot of us learned this during COVID or right after COVID when our businesses got shut down and banks were calling and houses were being foreclosed. Mm -hmm. You learn real quick from those things and to not repeat it. So how can you set yourself up in the future so those things never happen again? And it comes from action. You've got to start action right away. You can sit in that for like five minutes, like wallow for, I think I wallowed for one full day, like drank a couple (laughs) glasses of wine, cried a little bit. And then you put on your big girl panties and you move on because you've got to think about action. And if you can't think about what action to do, think about how you can help somebody else first. So Mm -hmm. how can you reach out to the community? How How can somebody who has it worse than you right now benefit from your knowledge? And think about pushing forward and and reaching out to somebody else, because from there, it will put you in a better mindset to Mm -hmm. solve your own problems. If you can focus on helping others and serving others, it will make it much easier to find that action.
0: Oh, my word. That is genius. Get out of your own head. Help somebody else. It's dark in your own head. head. Get out of there
1: and help someone else
0: get out there and help somebody else. When you take the focus off of yourself and what may seem like a failure, and I put that in air quotes, which is really just a a teaching moment, (laughs) a lesson learned um, that you will be able to use later, you, you know, as you set yourself up for how to avoid this situation in the future. Think about who else you can lift up, who's worse off than you are. And one of my phrases that I live by is it could always be worse. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying
1: we need to compare every, all our trauma. Like, Oh, my trauma is so much worse than your trauma. Like we're not comparing suffering as if it's this competition to whose life is worse. We're not doing that. (laughs) However, there's always somebody else who needs help. There's always an opportunity to lift somebody else up and that will get you out of your head and get you out of this self-centered dark tunnel of internal turmoil because it's so easy to fall into that. I, I have. It's very easy as a negative-minded person to just fall into that. So it's very important that I immediately put in action and put in action to help other people because it will absolutely one hundred percent of the time get me out of that slump and get me moving in a more creative space that can actually create a ripple effect that's good and positive in the world rather than just sitting in it.
0: Yeah, you don't want to sit in it. <laughs> you don't want to sit in there. <laughs> I love it. What great, great, great advice. I really appreciate that um, because I didn't expect that response. And so when you said it, it just kind of hit me like right here. <laughs> you <know? Go> <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for, for sharing the, the wisdom of getting out of your own head help by helping somebody else and the importance yeah. of that. So in your journeys, Amanda, how do you think mentorship has impacted your, your success? A hundred million, trillion percent. <laughs> uh, I, and I say that because for a
1: very, very, very long time, I believed if I want something done right, I do it myself. Mm. I am a, I am an island. I will get it done on my own. I can go farther. I can go faster because it's just me and I work at a fast speed but it's an old proverb. If you want to go fast, do it yourself. If you want to go far, you need to do it with other people. And mm-hmm. when I started to embrace that concept, which was roughly about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago of really reaching out to getting mentors and education and a mentorship type way, it mm-hmm. night and day changed the way I saw business, the way I worked in my business, how I reached out and how I, how I had a relationship with my teams and I exponentially grew, not only in my businesses, and my bank account, but in, as a person. And I 100% can't stress enough that growing your business through mentorships, whether they're paid or just awesome people that you surround yourself with, like I always call them my executive team. And some are paid, some are not. But they're the people who, they don't, they're not the yes men. They, they call me out on my crap and I have lots of it. There are lots of things. They call me <laughs> out on that. They're not telling me I can't do something but they are challenging me to be the best version of myself and they are constantly helping me see other things that can grow my business. And I'm a pretty fairly creative person, but I'm not, I'm not the end all be all. There's so many people have so many amazing things to say. We all go up together and I absolutely believe mentorship and getting coaching, consulting, whatever that looks like in your life, again, paid or not is essential Mm -hmm. to growing in your business and not losing your mind.
0: Absolutely. I I agree 100%. I don't know how many times I say 100% in a show, but (laughs) those facts right there. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And and who you surround yourself with, even whether or not they are mentors, as a business owner, you want to surround yourself with other people who can speak into you, who can encourage you, who can give you advice on who've already gone where you want to go so that they can take you there. When you I belong to this this uh one group and, and we talk about soaring like eagles because when you're up here, you can't be down here hanging out with the chickens, having this chicken mindset. <laughs> you gotta be up here soaring with wide wings, stretching and so and and expanding yourself and your horizon so you can see far. You can see far. You can't see far as a chicken on the ground. You got to be an eagle soaring. I mean. Um and and surround yourself with people of like mindset. I think I heard somewhere where someone said you the measure of your income can be dictated by your five closest friends.
1: The five people in your room are that's you. The five people you spend the most time with and who are the most influential in your life are the people who are that's you. So look in the mirror. That's your five people is the mirror of you. So if you are sitting around a dark bar with four losers. No offense to anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's where you're heading. That's where you're heading. You are the five people you surround yourself with the most. So mm-hmm. get in a different room. If the room you're in is full of people who aren't lighting you up and aren't supporting your endeavors and aren't helping you get to where you want to go. It's not that you have to cut them out completely. Mm-hmm. However, reasons and seasons or people in our lives that are meant to be in our lives for certain things. And then it's really okay. And there's a, there's a chapter on that in our first book of (laughs) loving them from afar. You can, but you want to keep people in your room that are going to light you up and help you soar and help you spread those wings because you are the people you hang out with.
0: Absolutely. So your friends matter. Your friends totally matter. Who you surround yourself with matters. So if if you don't take anything away today, (laughs) know that you are a reflection of your five closest friends. And if you look at your friends and their lives and and that's all you aspire to be, then that's all you're going to be. And so if you want to be more, have more, do more, see more, or grow more, then you definitely need to... Surround yourself with different people. Expose yourself to different environments. Go places that you don't typically go. Do things you don't typically do. It's so important. It is so important. Absolutely. So I see that we are winding down on our time. I can't believe the time has gone so fast. I know. I could talk to you forever. I know. You're so easy to talk to. And you're so smart and so beautiful and so brilliant. Let's just talk <laughs> for
1: another hour or two. I'd be okay with that.
0: <laughs> so how can we stay in touch? How can we reach you when, once this live ends, how can we stay connected? Well, obviously you can always find me on social media. I'm most
1: active in Instagram. I don't know why, probably because there's not as much drama in my life there. So <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, all the places. And it's awesome. pretty easy to look for my name because it's, a unique spelling. So if you are anywhere <laughs> close to there, you're going to find me and then my website as well. And if you're looking to get some free training from me, I actually have a free mastermind with my co-author Lynn Howard, and that Woo-hoo! is on February 12th coming up and that's unleash your inner overachiever. And we were going to go over all my favorite strategy, all our favorite strategies on how to grow your business, get more done in less time, be more awesome. And we're also giving away prizes valued at over $10,000. So definitely get in on that. It is absolutely 100% free to join and we want you there. So if you are a business owner and you're looking to up level a little bit, join us for that 90 minutes and there's Q&A and we would love to, I would love to connect with you there because uh, you'll be able to pick my brain live right there.
0: Yes. And what a privilege that is. If anyone, all, all the viewers who are watching it now or who may watch the replay, sign up for this class. You will not regret it. This information is life-changing. I cannot say it clearly or articulate it strongly enough. This information is life-changing. You're a business owner and you want to level up your game. So sign up for the masterclass.
1: Please, please, please. I hope to see you all there. We love talking business. It's, It's obviously an obsession. I will talk business all day long. So I hope that you are there and I can talk about your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'll be there. You know, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ariel says that it feels good to have good mentors. Could And and so this is, could be the place to start. Who knows who's going to be a part of this masterclass who could now be a part of your journey? And this right? is a global audience. We have clients all over the world. My,
1: my co-author lives in Bangkok. I live in Houston, Texas. And we literally have, I think our last mastermind had 20 countries represented. So Wow. We we're all over the place and we love, love, love connecting business owners and connecting each other. Just, again, collaboration. We all go up.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Together. So if we want to do something, so if you want to do something well right, you do it yourself. If you want to go if you say it again, Amanda. If
1: you want <laughs> to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far,
0: go with others. I love it. Do you want to go fast, do it yourself. If you want to go far, Do it with others. And if you want to do both of those at the same time, definitely do it with us because we like to go fast and far. I love it. I love it. Well, count me in. I am in. All right, Amanda, this has been such an amazing hour. Thank you so much for joining us today on Renee Speaks. You were made for something great. So go and be awesome.